back to the Ruben Code Podcast. I'm Matt Hansen. We're going to be starting off today with just a few questions. Uh, so, first one. Why do you think Captain Smith chose to punish Borman the way he did? Like, publicly, bottom of the ring? Um, I think to, like, teach everybody else a lesson. And, uh, what lesson? I feel like Lieutenant Smith was growing kind of fond of GOP and like he almost thought of him as a friend even though he was a cap here. I feel like he's learning to respect everyone no matter what race. He's trying to teach the kids the same thing. Uh, I feel like he might have kind of thought of you um, yeah, as a kind of like as a friend and he was growing to like close with him. I think um, he kind of thought that Borman did it to like punish the people, like to make him scared of him. Uh, I feel like maybe there's even a bit of, like, he did it for PK. Because PK, he saw him crying over a Gilpia's dead body. And he said, like, I'll avenge you, I promise. So I feel like maybe he did that. That was his energy. That was kind of, Um, Would you have expected someone like Gilpia to come up, to, like, be a mentor to PK? I definitely didn't expect it, but I'm glad it happened. Because, like they said in the book... He's going to be, PK's going to be a really good boxer because he was taught right from the beginning and like he got good coaching from the beginning. And I feel like Gil Pete helped him out in the long run and now he has his memory of him with him throughout his life. Yeah, for PK, I mean, boxing at this point is the most important thing in his, in his life. And so to have a mentor like uh, Pete is really important for him. And I think Pete does a good job of teaching him not only to do it right, but also to have like kind of the right mindset with it. first started reading I heard that Gil Pitt was like a smuggler and a schemer and stuff. I was expecting him to be just kind of like a side character, someone that would pop up every now and then. I was expecting him to be such a big, big role in the story. story. Yeah. And a follow-up question to that, would you guys have a, like, would you guys expect PK to be as good a boxer as he is without the mentorship of Gil Pitt? I definitely don't think he would be, I still feel like he would be good because he has the heart and he has he's been learning some stuff but I definitely don't think he would be where he's at now if it weren't for Gil Pete he helped him out a lot with his footwork and I feel like that's the only reason he did so good in the first tournament and is going to be so good later in the book yeah I think he helped him especially with the strategy trying to avoid the heavier boxers and trying to almost have a runaway strategy and more of a counter attack rather than being aggressive yeah and uh, like the other coaches they're not bad I think it was the fact that probably had like private lessons with Gil Pia and that one just has to like s- split their time with yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like he said, like after Pete was gone and he went back, he was just another one of the juniors. He like wasn't special compared to anybody else anymore. He was just another one of the boxers. So I hope, hopefully he doesn't become just an ordinary boxer and continues to excel even without the leadership of Pete. Uh, did it surprise you guys that Doc helped Gil Piet and PK with their schemes inside the prison? Would you have expected him to do something like that? 
not it caught me by surprise, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like Doc and PK are like such good friends that they would do like anything for you. Yeah. But it did surprise me because Doc just doesn't seem like that kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of surprised because like Doc had stopped drinking and doing all this other stuff, and so to kind of like begin to do something that he could obviously get in big trouble for, I'm just kind of surprised that he would risk like that. I feel like he also gave up drinking for PK and like you said they're they do anything for each other and I feel like Doc gave up drinking for him and yeah. Yeah and I think I think it's kind of for the prisoner's sake too because I remember um, I don't remember who said it maybe the guilty or the girl from the library but they said like I can die happy now because like I'm making such an impact for the prisoner's life because they're making their life so much better and they're helping out their families. So yeah. I think the good ways out the bad in this situation. That's a good point. We do see uh, during the concert even that Doc does care a great deal for prisoners and they'll probably do whatever he could to help. Alright, uh, did you guys expect PK to, be, to beat Killer Coon or did you think he was going to lose that fight? I knew it was going to be a good fight, and I feel like because the way they portrayed him fighting the first two, I feel like I knew he was going to win, but I don't know, I didn't expect him to give him an asthma attack or, you know, make him have a technical knockout. Yeah, I mean, just kind of the way they, they were portraying this, the, like, the fights before, it sounded like he was going to go all the way and win it. but. Like, the way that he won it, obviously, with the knockout, instead of just being on points and um, just helping, making him run out of breath, it was pretty impressive, I thought. Yeah, from, like, the start of that tournament, I had a feeling that he was going to, like, win the whole thing. But I was also kind of thinking that he could have lost and then we could have gone in a separate way, where for the packs, or for the next few years, he would just, like, work harder and harder to, like, beat Killer Crone eventually. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad, I'm glad they... Yeah, I mean, and they did a really good job, I think, of setting up Killer Coon as, like, a big, strong antagonist. They said he weighed something like 40 more pounds than yeah. PK did, and he was, like, 8 inches taller than him. So I was thinking, honestly, I kind of thought that he was going to, like, lose the fight. I was like, yeah, he won the last two, but this opponent might be just a bit it's too a strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it kind of actually surprised me when PK won. Uh... Why do you think Doc chose to uh, hold the concert instead of doing something else as his one condition for uh, deciding to come back and play? I feel like he had held the concert because to he, I feel like he finds joy in teaching other people things that he likes. And I feel like with that concert, he could have taught the prisoners a little bit more about music and could have made them a little happier. And I feel like that's what Doc finds the most joy in, giving other people happiness giving other people the knowledge that he has. I think it kind of went with Doc's confidence from the last concert that he was able to do it and he wanted to prove it to himself again now that he knew that he really could do it. I think it also was a good way to kind of bring everybody together and try and end some of the hate within the different groups because they say that they had to keep them separate, but through the music they kind of came together, it seemed like it brought a bunch of joy and hope to the people. I think it's just like he really enjoys playing music and he has realized that I think it was also even kind of like a little bit of like a goodbye to the prison because he even wrote the music himself. Mm-hmm. It was all his idea, so I was thinking. 
to what you said Barrett about bringing everyone together I feel like PK is doing that a lot too because they keep calling him the tadpole angel and yeah. when he was going to get his boxing outfit from the gym before the concert he talked to some people and they said like he's I feel like he's gonna be our leader he's gonna bond everyone together he's gonna mm-hmm. get rid of the um, anger in between the groups yeah I think he's also kind of like a symbol of hope because like the prisoners can look at look at PK and see his successes now, kind of versus where he was a few years before, and kind of give them hope that they can have something similar, find something to give them hope for the future, something that they can hang their hat on. And also, didn't the prisoners say like uh, PK was like the first chief to uh, yeah, they say like, he was like a chief. All the yeah. 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 I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, Do you guys think PK will experience the same problems at the new boarding school as he had the last one? Um, if he does experience them, I think he'll be more equipped to be able to deal with them. Because, like, obviously with the boxing, he knows he's a good fighter. But also, I think some of, like, his mentality, some of, like, his, uh, he's kind of, like, grown up and he's making smarter choices now. And he knows how to, like, handle people when they're angry. So, like, when, uh... I can't remember who it was, but the older kid who was antagonizing him that one time, and how he just kind of let him keep antagonizing him and underestimated him, and then eventually was able to beat him up in the end. Yeah, I feel like if he does encounter them, it will not be the same at all. I feel like even though he's going to a boarding school, I don't feel like the problems will occur again. Um, I kind of hope they don't just for PK's sake, but like you said, he's better equipped. He knows a lot more. He's... He knows not to use his camouflage as much, and he knows different way around him from thinking about different fights, going against Colored Crew, and he had to come up with a game plan, and I feel like if he doesn't encounter problems, he'll make up a game plan and then go at it as hard as he can. Uh, I don't think that he's going to encounter anybody, though, that would beat him up like the judge did, because it's like a really prestigious school, and it's super expensive to go there, so not just anybody. But do you think even without the bullying and stuff like that, do you think he'll still be an outcast and cast aside? Because he's going to be like, what, 12 or 13 going into high school? Do you think that maybe he'll have a struggle making friends or finding a group to... I feel like because it's a better school and because the kids are older, I feel like they'll be able to recognize, like, PK's smart, he belongs here, he, like, shouldn't be an outcast, like you said, but... I don't know, I feel like they would respect him more because he's so smart, because he can speak like five different languages and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I know he said earlier that it might be, I mean, I think it might be kind of tough because earlier PK says that because he was younger than the other kids, uh, he kind of stood out because he was like too clever, but with the older kids he was like too small and so he didn't really fit in very well with either group. I think he might have some of those same struggles, but I think he'll be able to figure it out this time. Yeah, but I think the high schoolers are going to be different. I think they'll definitely be a little more welcoming. And um, this new boxing coach that he's, he had, he was like the uh, champion of the British Army or something like that, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to be like a big player coming up, an important mentor figure, maybe even like an antagonist or something? Are you guys I feel like he... It could go either way right now. Um, 
of course, PK is in the right mindset where he, or he's in the mindset where he's kind of leaning on the people that, people around him that made a big, that gave him that big impact in his life. And I feel like he could be that next mentor that he, PK can lean on and he can be just like Hoppy, if not better. Yeah, well, for PK's sake that he is another mentor and that'll help him become an even better boxer and fighter, but hopefully it'll teach him like more lessons with his mentality and helping him to grow stronger in his mind. Yeah, I just agree with them. And uh, what I think might happen is there might be like kind of a bully on the boxing squad at high school and he might have to like overcome that challenge too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there will always be antagonists yeah. because mm-hmm. that's when they're trying to put him down. Yeah. Actually, I, I have a question to ask you guys. Right. So now that the war's over, do you guys think that Hoppy's gonna come back in, or do you think he died? I feel. I mean, I, I feel like it's possible, but it's I also feel like he traveled very far away, yeah, and finding yeah. each other would be a slim to none chance. And if he is, if he did survive the war, I mean, I hope he did, and I hope he does come back because I enjoyed Hop reading when Hoppy was in the story. I just think he brought that extra joy and happiness in the story. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I hope he comes back, but I don't know that he will. I feel like he's kind of served his purpose for PK and kind of given him like the lead he needs to kind of grow, and he's already kind of started to grow up and become a, given obviously the boxing, and I think he's kind of served his purpose in the story. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He gave him that like initial push to become a boxer. And mm-hmm. that's- yeah. So if Poppy did come back, what do you think would like the difference between him and PK's dynamic? Do you think he'd be like proud of him or what? I feel like he would be proud of him because PK never forgot what Hoppy told him, like have the heart but also have the mind and like go in with a plan. And I feel like he's done that in all of his fights and he's like not attacked but he's always had the counterattack ready for his different fights that he was in. Yeah, and I know he's kind of been saying like he's he always thinks about Hoppy's like words like during his fights and he's uh, I mean he's always using Hoppy's inspiration from before and I think that if he like came back he would be a, probably a good mentor be really proud of PK and what he's become and would love to hear like all the stories of his wins and stuff like that and just like throughout every fight he's like first with the head yeah first with the head and everything I'm sure he'd probably become like maybe even some kind of coach to PK by mm-hmm. teaching everything he knows about boxing Um, I drew a picture and it's of PK trying to lift up the medicine ball and I drew a quote with it. Uh, it says, when you can throw a medicine ball over Clip Cop's head, then you will be ready. And I feel like it's just his beginning because this is the first thing he can actually do in his training and I feel like it's just his first accomplishment and it means a lot to him and he seems like he accomplishes in like a week maybe. And then he really starts to get into it, and it keeps him motivated to start new stuff throughout his life. Yeah, I think it kind of symbolizes, like, his hard work and that every day he would do extra push-ups and all these extra, like, strength training because he wanted it that bad. And so uh, I think it's just a good picture to represent his work ethic and his uh, real desire to, like, be a boxer. And I think you can tell that, like, 
all the other characters notice how much work he's put in too because Captain Smith even when the referee was trying to talk him down from letting PK fight uh, yeah. he said nah I, I can't he's been working too hard for three years I have to let him at least yeah. and then he ends up coming out and winning and it. he ends up winning it yeah. yeah so I think that probably just shows what you're doing a picture that he's a hard worker and he's going to do whatever it takes he's going to stay motivated throughout his training and he's I feel like he's super dedicated to being the welterweight champion of the world. Yeah. Alright, so I got a couple quotes here. The first one I have is, A single cigarette and a week of hard labor was a luxury beyond the imagination of the average prisoner. Somehow I understood how such a small thing as a cigarette, a tablespoon of sugar, or a teaspoon of salt made the difference between hope and despair. Um, I think this quote kind of brings up the like the moral problems like that uh, PK has to deal with, and he has to decide kind of like whether to help the people in there or whether ultimately to let them suffer and make like the choice that's safer for him. I think he ultimately makes the right choice in doing this by um, by smuggling in the goods, just because it gives hope to the people that he's with every day and it helps him to grow. And, uh, it also helps him to become friends with people and keep good standings in the prison. Yeah, just like the little bit that he gives them, like each day, like gives them enough strength to get through the week, the months, the years. I feel like that adds to his title of like the Tadpole Angel and like be helping the tribe unite because he's giving them hope, like earlier in the book, and then just with the concert, it just adds to it more. <laughs> And you can see that even just like the small things make the biggest difference. They all like one little like, cigarette a week yeah, is a luxury, which makes them all like uh, like PK a lot. Yeah. All right. So the next one I chose is Ruby Gates. Says I moved over to to drop the glove in, and suddenly, with a certainty I knew always to trust, became aware that something was terribly wrong. I ran over to the wall opposite and turned the ring light on. For a split second, the sudden blaze of light blinded me. Then I saw the body in the center of the ring. This is when he sees Pete. I mean, to me, this is like, PK really reacts to seeing Pete's dead body versus like earlier with Hetty, he didn't really react when she was dead, but but like he begins to like yell and he becomes like very sad and begins to cry. And But, and it's, to me, I think this quote's really important because it's like, it shows how much Pete really meant to him and how much of a mentor he really was to PK throughout his bo- beginning of his boxing career. Yeah. yeah. I feel like... Oh. I feel like Gil Pete could have like helped him way more than he already did. And if he could have stayed alive and if Lieutenant Borman you know, couldn't have bashed his head in, I feel like Gil Pete could have been like one of the biggest characters alongside PK in the, in the story, along with Doc, too. And just helping PK throughout his life with whatever challenges were thrown at him. Yeah, and Barry, how you said that like he didn't react when Big Heady died, but like he reacted when Joe killed Pete. Uh, well, uh, Big Heady, she said to PK, like, oh, I'm sorry, I don't cry, it's my time. But then with Joe Pete, he, like, they never had any kind of say anything like that. And, like, Joe Pete's got a lot more to teach, and, like, he had a lot more to do. Joe Pete had a lot further than Yeah, his death was very sudden, untimely, tragic. Yeah, just really Alright, then the last quote I said is sometimes when there's enough hate that 
this thinking can kill, the people will think some person to death. Such a death is always long and hard because the thinking takes place over a long time. It is the hate. When it boils up, there is no stopping it. The person will die because there is no uh, immunity you can take to stop this hating thing. And then immunity refers to like the medicine, so instead of saying there's no medicine you can take to stop hate. And this, com this comes from Pete, and I mean, ultimately this is what kills him, is the hate that he feels um, for Borman and how he's killed just because he's a Kaffir and it's really not fair to anything that Pete ever did. It's simply just kind of a racially inclined thing. Yeah, yeah we, we see a lot in this book too, how much just blind hate can turn good men to do bad things. Like uh, Gert said that like he didn't understand why he felt so bad about Gilfie's death because he's just a computer. So yeah. we see that like good people just and with the wrong ideas and believe. We see how much it hurts other people. Like your hate can spread out and hurt the other, hurt other people. Like uh, PK and Gert, and I'm sure most of the boxers like how we felt that got coached by Pete could have also like felt that sadness, but didn't understand why he had to die because he was a captor. just good for him to, you know, to beat over and over. So, Rocky trained harder than he ever trained before. You know, that nice montage in Russia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a workout montage. So that allowed him to end up beating Ivan Drago. And PJ, for the past few years, he was just, just training, like, as hard as he could mm -hmm. for that one day where someone crossed him. And another thing, um, Rocky had to travel, like, all the way to Russia. And PJ had to travel like what was it like three, four hours? Yeah. That was pretty. First time he'd uh, left the town. Yeah. Since he got there. So it's a new experience for like both. So and then Ivan Drago was physically superior in every way to Rocky. And uh Taylor Prune was I think he said He's a good weight above PK. He's a big boy, big boy. <laughs> and yeah, so they both came out victorious against people who we thought were fake. I feel like the reason they both did that is because Rocky, obviously, if you've seen the movie, you could see he takes a hit. He takes a couple of hits that are pretty bad. And I feel like if Gil Pete would have died before this fight, I feel like it would have been even more similar because. Apollo Creed had yeah, died, died earlier in the fight. Just if Prune killed Gilpie, exactly the same. Yeah, but I feel like they both exploited their um, Dragos and Killer Crane's weaknesses and just went at it and both ended up 
pulling out victorious. Yeah, I mean, Killer Kroon was kind of like the Goliath, and then Pico was like the David. Pico always seems to be the David in the story, and he keeps coming out on top, which I think will hold very much a Rocky. Yeah, he's yeah. Exactly <laughs> Rocky, yep. So, uh, alright, that's it for today. We'll see you again next time. Thank you.